Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Winter Soldier, Chapter 7. It was late afternoon when Lisa heard a truck pull up out by the barn. She was sure it was Sai. Without thinking, she got up from the kitchen table where she'd been re rearranging a messy kitchen drawer and went right up the back door. It wasn't Sai. It was three men, all foreign-looking. Harley saw them and came out of the garage, wiping his hands on a red work cloth. Can I help you, boys? He asked with a faint menace. We are looking for Mr. Pox, the flashy-dressed one said with an ear-to-ear -ear grin. He's gone to Kingsville to look at bulls, Harley said obligingly. I don't know when he'll be back. How convenient, the man jawed and pulled out an automatic weapon from under his jacket. Harley froze in place and his jaw dropped. Lisa realized the danger immediately. She closed and locked the door and ran to Sai's study, locking herself inside. She grabbed the mic of the shortwave set already positioned to Scott Ranch and gave out a mayday call. Stay in the house. Eb's calm but very hushed voice came over the air instantly. Sai's on his way. He left before she could say what he meant. Ask what he meant. She didn't know whether to lock herself in and wait or go to a window and try to see what had happened to poor Harley. She felt guilty that she hadn't been able to do anything for him, but she was one person against three men, one of whom was dangerously armed. In the end, she grabbed the loaded pistol Sai had told her he kept in his center desk drawer and went cautiously down the hall. She peered out the curtain that covered the upper glass portion of the kitchen door. Harley was in the grip of a man at least his physical equal, a pistol at his throat. One of the other men was looming with that automatic weapon, and she just glimpsed the third one into the garage out of sight she ground her teeth together and held the huge 45 automatic pistol tighter wondering what she should do she never fired a pistol in her life but if she had to use it she thought she could shivering with nerves her heart pounding her mouth dry she heard the sound of a truck approaching very fast size big red expedition roared up in the yard he was out of it in seconds after the engine died but it wasn't the size she was used to seeing he walked slowly toward the two visitors in plain sight his tall figure being slightly forward and it was cradling his burned left arm in his right hand you are cypox the man with the automatic weapon called on cold tone cold tone yes Cy replied quietly he glanced at harley who was red-faced and nervous held securely in the grip of the second man we want the woman the flashy dressed visitor continued you will bring her out to us now she's a widow She's pregnant, Sai began. This is nothing to us, the man replied. We were told to bring the woman back. It will cost us our lives not to comply with the instructions we were given. Sai sighed audibly. I'll go get her, he said with resignation. Mr. Parks, Hurley burst out of her front. Man, you can't. You can't let them have Mrs. Monroe. They'll shoot us if we don't, son. Sai told the other man in a subdued tone that matched his beat stance. As he spoke, he got out of his burn. He let go of his burned arm and let it dangle at his side. The right hand moved, just a fraction, but his limping posture had the full tension of the arm men. They didn't notice the movement under his long sleeve. You might let poor old Harley go, he added. He just works for me. Let a train mercenary lace on the three of us, the man laughed. We heard him talking to the woman in the kitchen about his exploits in Africa, which meant Sai deduced that they had the house bugged. He'd have to have to do something about that, and quickly. He glanced at Harley and prayed that the younger man wouldn't panic and do something stupid. It was a lie. Honest. Harley swallowed. I'm not a merc. I'm just a simple working cowboy. Wife, 
Why, of course he is. Do I look like any sort of threat to armed men? Sai asked softly. I mean, look at me. I'm just a poor cripple. Harley grimaced. It hurt him to see poor old Mr. Parks gravel, grovel like that. If only he could get that pistol away from his throat, he might be able to do something to save Mrs. Monroe and his boss. His fears were still present, but subsiding a little, as he realized the danger his boss and Lisa were in. He had to conquer the fear. He knew what to do, even if he had little training. He remembered the moves, and he'd been in an army ranger when he was in the service, only a short time before he came to work for Miss for Cy Parks. He wasn't a coward. He could do what he needed to do to protect Cy and Lisa. He could do it. His head lifted, and a purpose narrowed his eyes as he watched the arm men. The man with the automatic weapon shrugged. I see that you are injured, but this man told the woman that he had commando training and would not hesitate to use it, he told Sai. Am I to believe now that he is harmless? No, Sai <laughs> drawled. It's more than enough if you believe I am. He said ignorantly and glanced at Harley. You just, you just stay put, Harley. He added in a tone that made Harley frown. I'll just go get Mrs. Monroe. His head turned abruptly to the left to the gunman and pointed. Good God, look at that. The man with the automatic weapon reacted predictably and was diverted for a few precious seconds. It was enough. Sai's hand moved so fast that his knife was in the man's shoulder before he could turn his head back, causing him to drop the automatic weapon as he groaned in shock and pain. Even as that knife hit the target, Sai whirled and sent a second knife slicing through the air. Hit the man holding the pistol at Harley's neck pinning his forearm, pistol, sleeve, and all, to the wood of the barn wall behind him. The man cried out, and Harley ducked and got out of the way immediately. Green eyes blazing, Cy rushed forward, aimed an explosive high kick at the first man's stomach, bringing him down instantly. He fell, trying to extract the knife from his shoulder at the same time, with little success. There's another man in there, Harley called urgently through his shock. There was. A deep chuckle accompanied the words. Eb Scott came out of the barn with a miserable-looking man of denims held at a gunpoint. He made a fatal arrow. Never turn your back to a dark corner. Nice diamond, Si. Si didn't answer. He jerked up the automatic weapon, spared a glance for the groaning man on the ground, and the other one pinned to the wall of the barn. I didn't want to do it like this, Si said calmly, walking to the man his second knife had pinned to the barn wall. But if you're going to set a trap, it's best done on your own ground and in your own time. Oh, shut up, for God's sake, he crowded as his victim as he jerked the knife out and wiped it on the man's shirt sleeve. You're barely nicked. When you get a bowie knife sticking out of your arm, you can complain. Harley was still staring at his boss with, boss with wide eyes. He hadn't said a single word. He felt his head to make sure he, it was where he left it. You're all right, Harley. Sai asked Harley. Sure, he stammered. I'll just check on Lisa. Sai strode off toward the house. Harley stared after his boss as if he'd never seen him before. Did you see that? Harley asked Eb Scott. Did you see it? He had the second knife in the air even before the first one hit its target. You said he was no threat. The sailor with the formerly pinned forearm growled at the man in the suit. Both were holding their wounds. I thought he was crippled, the flashy dressed man growled. The knife was still on his shoulder, and he didn't dare pull it out for fear it might hemorrhage at withdrawal. So did I, Harley murmured, but only Eb heard him. So I was not quite what he seems, was all Eb had to say about it. On the porch, Lee said, watched with surprise and disbelief as Sight easily took care of the two armed men, while Harley stood shell-shocked nearby. If she ever worried about him, her mind rested easier after she saw the ease with which he subdued the armed assailants. She watched him with covetous 
protective eyes, almost limp with relief. She'd been so worried that he might die right in front of her eyes. She opened the door, side mounted the steps, and rushed out to throw herself against his chest. Oblivious to his shocked delight, she was still holding the gun in one hand. Took it from her, keeping the other arm around her, and put the safety pack on. Were you going to come out shooting and rescue me? He asked with a grin. If I got the chance, I was, she said huskily, clinging harder. I certainly wasn't going to cower in the house and let them kill you. His eyes were warm with affection as he lifted his dark head to search her flush face. Nice to know I can count on backup when I need it. He told her, tracing a soft pattern down her flushed cheek. She smiled at him and only looked away. When she heard sirens and saw two sheriff's cars pulling up the driveway with the lights flashing. Speaking of backup, she asked her, Did you plan this? He said, I planned it and convinced me to go along, he said quietly. Although surveillance gadgets paid for themselves this afternoon, Ed was already in the barn when I left here. He waited to act, a act after the guns were drawn because he didn't want to get Harley killed. He shook his head as he saw Harley standing, more so and miserable, against the barn with his arms folded while the deputies handcuffed the three men. Barely two minutes later, an ambulance joined the patrol cars. What I didn't know was that Lopez had the house booked, he added quickly. When we get these guys in custody, I'm going to sweep the house and get rid of them. They can hear what we do in the house, he asked wordly. He glanced down at her, knew she meant what they were doing in the living room before he left. He smiled slowly. Not all of it. He murmured wickedly. Probably they only had listening devices in the kitchen, since we spend so much time in there. Oh, she sighed with relief. I'd better go and have a few words with the deputy, he sighed. You okay? She went, never better, are you? Can't hurt a wee. He replied, winked, and walked back down the steps. Eben Sai explained what had happened to the deputy. Sai agreed to swear out warrants so that the three men could be held. He was furious that Lopez had dared to send men on his own place after Lisa. He wasn't even going to get the chance to do that. He wasn't ever going to get the chance to do that again. He swore it. As the two wounded prisoners were being loaded up in the ambulance and the other one confined in the patrol car for the trip to jail, Cy joined Harley at the barn door. I'm all hot air, Harley said with cold self-contempt. He couldn't meet the older man's eyes. All that damn bragging about what I could do and how I could take care of everybody. Uh, look at me. I was taken by surprise and overpowered by a man half my size. I'm a fraud, Mr. Parks. You ought to fire me on the spot. Cy only smiled. Harley was showing the first signs of wisdom. And even if he'd been overpowered, he conquered whatever fears he had. Cy knew that the younger man's pride was in shreds, being surprised and captured. He'd been in a similar situation himself. No need to rub it in, just because he overacted, hardly holding Lisa's hand. If I fire you, who's going to gather Lisa's eggs every morning? Ty asked. Harley couldn't believe he actually heard that droll question. He forced his shamed eyes up found his boss eyes twinkling. You don't want to fire me, he asked. Not today, Cy replied. Get back in there and finish getting that cattle truck fixed. We'll need it tomorrow to haul calves. It's finished, Harley said with a faint smile. I was just putting it back together when those guys drove up and caught me off guard. <laughs> Harley still felt a little disoriented. Mr. Parks, on the other hand, didn't have a hair out of place and seemed supremely calm. Despite the cool weather, Harley felt perspiration on his forehead. He wiped his sweaty brow on his arm, let out a heavy breath. He even managed to grin. I guess you learn how to throw a knife when you were in the military. You, uh, were in the military. Somewhat. Well, it was amazing what you did with those knives, Harley continued. That's some aim you got, Mr. Parks. I get in a little practice now and then. 
Early moved away from the barn. You sure had those guys fox about how helpless you were, he said chuckling. They bought every word to their cost. Sigh said easily without breaking stride. You never underestimate an adversary if you want to live. You've uh, been in a few fights then. Sigh's green eyes were examined as he glanced back to the younger man. Stop fishing, Harley. Get that truck running. He turned again and started toward the house. Harley watched him go with raging curiosity. On an impulse he didn't even understand, Harley picked up the pistol his captor had dropped where it lay forgotten in the straw. He tossed it toward Cy Park's back. As if he sensed danger, Cy rolled immediately and caught the weapon in midair. He had it cocked and leveled at Harley's nose in the space between one heartbeat and the next. Harley stopped breathing as he looked down the barrel for seconds that seemed like hours. Cy cursed harshly and lowered again. If you ever do that again, so help me. I'll shoot you in the foot, Harley. He growled furious. He snapped on the safety, walked toward the sheriff's deputy to leave the weapon with them. Harley let out the breath he'd been holding. He served two years in the army himself, in the Rangers. He didn't know a single man who could have done what Cy Parks just had. That was a sort of training that men only got in some elite fighting force, and it wasn't regular military. He forced himself to walk back to the garage without casting another glance at his ignomagnate boss. He felt as if his legs had turned to rubber. Lisa was uneasy all night. She kept hearing noises. She dreamed that Cy was in front of that of the man with the machine gun, but that he hadn't managed to throw those knives in time. She woke up crying in a cold sweat. The door opened. The light came on. Cy stood over her, dressed in pajama bottoms with his broad, hairy, scarred bare chest. His dark hair was tousled. His eyes narrowed with concern. He screamed, he said. She sat up in her sweatpants and pulled over a white cotton t-shirt and hugged her knees. She couldn't quite see him because her glasses were in the drawer of the bedside table. She could imagine how she looked with her eyes red and wet with tears and her long hair tangled all around her. Sorry if I woke you, she said miserably. It's been a rough day. For me too, he replied. I'm sorry you ever got mixed up in this business. So am I, but there's not much we can do about that now. She pushed back her long sweaty hair. Now Lopez seems to be after you, too. No, he's after you. This was a test run to see if he could get to you on my ranch. He didn't. No, he didn't. You think he'll try again? They say Lopez will follow a man to hell to get even with him. He said quietly. I believe it. What am I going to do? I can't keep on staying here. Why not? Well, he came on to, came around the side of the bed. Move over. He said, sitting down beside her on the bedspread. Now listen, I've got a big house and plenty of room. As long as you're here, right here, I can protect you, and I will. You've got a baby coming, and you need someone. There's no reason you can't stay. She looked worried. She picked up the cover. Sigh. People are already talking about us. They'll stop when we get married. She didn't seem to breathe for a space of seconds. She looked up at him with a curious mixture of shyness, excitement, and pleasure. Married? <laughs> married. She picked a fingernail. While she turned the proposal over her mind, she was barely widowed. Whatever would people think of her? We don't advertise what's going on in this town, but the people who cow know that you're staying here because you're in danger, he said quietly. As for all the rest, if we marry, no one will have any reason for talk. I'm not proposing for any hidden agenda, he added. Well, have a marriage of convenience, period. That was vaguely disappointing. She hoped she could keep him from seeing how it affected her. Okay, she said after a minute. Well, you can kick me out when this Lopez thing is over, she added a manager's mom. Fair enough, he agreed. His face carefully schooled not to let any hint of emotion show, though, through. 
but only if you want to leave by then. I wouldn't make that offer to any other woman. I've had a bad time with marriage. If Lopez hadn't decided to target you, I wouldn't have proposed in the first place. I know that, she said. Not that you aren't attractive. He said unexpectedly. I think you know that under different circumstances, you'd be first on the endangered list. I haven't made a secret of the way you affect me, but you're pregnant and very recent widow. Under the circumstances, it would hardly be appropriate to take advantage of the situation. He was talking on riddles, and she was very puzzled by the look in his eyes when he spoke to her. Odd how reluctant he sounded to have her leave. But surely he was marrying her for the reasons he mentioned. He'd been through his own time of pain. She knew that there was must, must be times when he ached for the child who had died in such a terrible manner. But for whatever reason, he was offering Lisa a marriage of companionship, protection for her baby. She couldn't have turned it down to save her life. Living with him would be heaven, even if he kept her at arm's length. Are you sure it's the right thing to do? She asked weirdly. Yes, I am, he said firmly. And the sooner the better. She toyed with a fold of her sweatpants. I might be in the way. His chest rose and fell heavenly. His eyes narrowed. He looked at her with such hunger that it was blatant when she met his eyes. Involuntarily, she let her knees down. The t-shirt was thin and his eyes went instinctively to the thrust of her breast again. Her mave nipples were very noticeable, making soft peaks under the fabric. His breathing changed. Her own eyes went to the broad chest, and she wondered how it would feel against her. Don't push your luck, he said in a husky tone. It's been three years, more than that. I didn't want her after my son was born, and the feeling was mutual. Her eyes lifted his. You want me? He nodded, very slowly. His eyes went back to the t-shirt, and her own roamed over his bare chest like seeking exploring fingers. In the silence of the bedroom, the sound of their breathing was harsh and loud. She could hear her own heartbeat in her ears, see his at the base of his strong throat. She shivered in his teeth clenched. That baby's just starting to deliver, starting to develop, he said, almost choking on his own voice in his throat as dry as death And you've had cramping. I won't risk it. I wasn't offering, really. She managed unsteadily. She bit her lower lip and frowned as she searched his lean, hard face. I don't understand. I never... Felt like this. I'm scared. Well, like what? He asked. Not at all, Bear. Tell me, Lisa. She blessed. I can't see it off. Took her by both arms and pulled her gently across him so that her head lay in the crook of his powerful arm. His free hand went to her throat and caressed its way under her long, loosened dark blonde hair. She relaxed against him helplessly, her breath coming in tiny little jerks as she looked up into his quiet, gentle eyes. Then I'll tell you, he said softly. You want to, you want to pull the fabric out of the way and show yourself to me, he whispered. His thumb moved slowly over her party lift. You fell on swollen all over, and you aren't quite in control. That's what frightens you. She shivered in. It wasn't like this with Waltz. His big warm hand slid from her neck down to her collarbone, and as he held her wide eyes and moved blatantly over the hard peak of one soft, small breast and pressed there. She whimpered, closing her eyes with a faint shudder. Her hand pressed hard into his hair roughened chest. She leaned her hot face against the cool, hard muscles of his upper, upper, upper arm. His cheek lay gently against hers. He caressed her almost absently with a slow, restrained tenderness that made her whole body tremble with passion. Her nails bit into his chest as the hunger grew with every soft brush of his fingers. She felt his mouth on her closed eyelids as his hand found the hem of the t-shirt and moved under it. 
She arched helplessly to the sensuous delight of that expert touch. He smiled against her mouth as he kissed her very tenderly, all the while his hands explored the softest of her silky skin, arousing a, new, a need that made her moan helplessly. She moved closer, her eyes opening, wide, dazed, soft as those. He slid the fabric under her chin and looked at the firmness of her young breasts while he traced them. Odd, he thought, that her breast showed no evidence of a pregnancy that should be a approaching its fifth week. He'd seen his wife's body and he remembered the changes pregnancy made in it. He wondered if the women differed in the physical signs. I'm very small, she whispered unsettling. You think size matters, he murmured with a wicked soft smile. If it didn't, men wouldn't buy those pictured magazines. He bent and brushed his mouth against hers. The men who buy those magazines don't have real women to practice on. Is that why? She asked, laughing breathlessly through her shyness. You're just right. He breathed, letting his fingers catch your body. And if you weren't five weeks pregnant, I'd do more than talk about it. <laughs> Would you? He lifted his head and looked down at the soft thrust of her creamy pink breasts. His eyes narrowed as he imagined the fill of them under his mouth. He felt his body tense with desire. Made him make. You want to put your mouth on me, don't you? She has daringly. I will let you. I know, he said in a choked tone. His eyes muttered. What do you think would happen then? Her her face colored helplessly as images flashed through her worldly mind. His eyes on I haven't wanted a woman for a long time. I want you very badly. Don't make it hard for me to walk away. She forced herself to breathe slowly to deny the ache inside her. She was suddenly ashamed of the way she'd behaved, and she grimaced as she tucked her T shirt down, lifted herself out of his loosened arms. I'm sorry, she said without looking out. No need to apologize. He got to his feet. His arousal was noticeable, but he didn't turn away. He looked down at her with lingering traces of desire, and she looked at him the same way. First, we get married, he said in a subdued tone that didn't match his stormy eyes. Then we talk to your obstetrician. If it's safe, I'll make love to you, assuming that you want me to. I want you to, she said honestly, avoiding his prepping gaze. That makes two of us. She slipped back under the covers, and only then lifted her eyes back up to me and meet his. I'm glad those men didn't hurt you, she said. Harley took it hard, he replied. Of course he did. He's not so bad, she added with a smile. He didn't like hearing her say that. She was young, and she had all the normal urges. He wanted to marry her right away before Harley got to her. Maybe she'd have felt the same desire for anyone who offered her tenderness. She'd barely been married, and she hadn't wanted her husband. She was ripe for an affair. If it happened, it was going to be with him. He wasn't letting Harley near her. You look angry, she commented. He forced a smile, frustrated. He said, deliberately letting his gaze slide over. Oh, your breasts aren't swollen, he remarked bluntly, and your nipples aren't enlarged or dark. Has the doctor explained the normal change pregnancies were making them? Well, yes, he said, fighting embarrassment. I imagine I'm not far enough along for it to show much. That makes sense. He moved back to the door. If you need me, sing out. Would you like musical comedy or grand opera? She moves, because I can start right now and save you the trip back to your own bed. He chuckles off. Not yet, he told her delivery. First the ring, then the doctor. First things first. She said, okay, you're the boss. Yes, I am, he mused. That won't last much longer, I imagine. He murmured and left her sitting there with puzzlement all over her face. End of chapter 17.